Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. You lose an account because of a colleague's negligence. Does it make you angry? This is Colleen Chaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs with Dr. Victoria Breskel, who has some advice about how you should answer that question. You did a series of experiments using mock job interviews where people talked about exactly the situation I just described. How did people watching those interviews rate women who got angry about a coworker's mistake? Well, what happened was when people watched the videos of the woman getting angry, or just even simply saying that she had gotten angry in the past, uh, they viewed her as less competent. Uh, they said they would be less likely to hire her than when they watched the same video of a man getting angry. So in that case, people thought that the angry man was competent and that he deserved power, independence, and status in his job. And were those perceptions reflected in the hypothetical salaries that the folks in your study assigned to angry women? Yeah, that was an, another really startling finding from these studies was that uh, the people also said that they would actually pay the angry woman significantly lower salary than the angry man. Um, turned out to be, in fact, $14,000 a year less. And how did anger affect a man's salary? Anger actually uh, caused him to get paid more significantly more than when he did not express any emotion or when he expressed sadness. And how does that compare with past research about men and anger in the workplace? Well, past studies on this topic um, really had only looked at how people react to men's anger, but not women's anger. And these studies, which were done by Professor Larissa Tiedens from Stanford, found that people reacted a lot more positively to angry men than to sad men. People were more likely to elect the angry man to office, to give him more power, status, and independence in his job, to hire him for that job, and even pay that angry man a higher salary. Um, one of these studies was particularly interesting. Um, this, this researcher had people watch videos of Bill Clinton reacting to the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Mm -hmm. and half the people watched a video where um, President Clinton acted angrily and defensively to the charges that he had an affair with Ms. Lewinsky, and the other half of the people watched a video where he acted sad and contrite about the scandal. And even though ahead of time all of these people said that they thought President Clinton would have been better off if he expressed sadness and contrition, they actually rated him quite differently. So they said that um, they were more likely to elect him to office and said that he was doing a better job as president when they watched a video of him expressing anger. And that's interesting. And what you found about sadness in your own study seems to support that. That's correct. How did people react differently to sad men versus sad women? They actually reacted almost equally. So, yeah. Now, back to the Clintons. Um, the chair of the Republican National Committee famously called Hillary Clinton too angry to get elected. The only models that we have for a president of the United States are male models. So is it possible for a woman to come off as presidential without alienating people by stepping outside of that gender norm? Well, that's a terrific question. Um, I think one that's really timely right now. And honestly, I don't think anyone really knows the definitive answer to it. Um, there's so many things that women have to overcome when they try to move into positions of power. And obviously, becoming president of the United States is sort of the ultimate position of power. Mm -hmm. And I think people right now in America have a pretty good idea of what, is, what a presidential-looking or presidential-acting uh, man is like, but uh, we just don't really know how to fit a woman into that framework. So there's one example, which seems trivial, but really isn't has to do with just how a presidential candidate should look, what kind of clothes they should wear, et cetera. 
And for men, this is pretty straightforward, a dark conservative suit with a reasonable tie. But for women, it's really a different story entirely. Should they wear a skirt suit so as to not appear masculine? Or should they wear a pantsuit so as to not appear too feminine and hence weak? And um, the media is fixated on the way visible, powerful women look. And so these things really do matter. But right now, a lot of the advice for women in these situations are based on gut instincts and educated guesses and not necessarily scientific data. So the answer is we just kind of don't know. Who knows? Yeah. It's interesting. I remember yesterday's New York Times ran a story about her making a campaign appearance, and it commented that she was wearing a fuchsia jacket. Always. You just don't get that kind of information about Barack Obama. That's right. And if you remember when uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, w- was inaugurated as Speaker of the House, they commented on her purple suit, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah. a, the particular color purple. Yeah, I didn't hear um, that with Tip O'Neill. No. <laughs> no. Um, We should also say that you used to work for Senator Clinton. Have you shared any of these insights with the campaign? Uh, No, I haven't. I was a congressional fellow in her office in 2004, and I'm not a consultant on her campaign, but I'm quite sure that her campaign staff is well aware of the difficulties and gender stereotypes that women face when they try to gain power. You did find at least one way to decrease the damage that a professional woman can suffer when she shows anger on the job. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, Well, we found that one way a woman can express anger without incurring uh, this sort of big penalty is for her to just give a clear, reasonable, and reasoned explanation for what made her angry in the first place. And this seems like pretty simple advice, but it could have some important practical consequences if it were implemented. It changed the perception of her significantly, right? Yeah, yeah. So although uh, when when the, when the woman in this, these scenarios offered this explanation, she didn't get paid quite as much or given as much status and power as the man um, who didn't explain his anger, um, she still increased her status and, and power and salary compared to when she didn't explain her anger. Now, with both men and women, when it wasn't clear what the source of the anger was, what kind of assumptions did the people in your study make? Uh, in this case, the source of the anger, oh, are you, sorry, I think I misunderstood that question. If people don't know why, why a man is angry versus why a woman is angry. Oh, right, okay. What's the assumption they make? Uh, oh, right. The assumption that they make is that for a man, it's because of the situation. There's something about um, somebody else, a coworker, or, you know, a particular on-the-job type of situation that caused him to be angry, um, and therefore that anger is justified. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, um, people think that a woman's anger is, has something to do with who she is as a person. She just has an angry personality. There's something about, um, you know, internal to her that doesn't have to do with the situation that's causing her anger. And that appears to explain in part why these effects happen. So when a man's angry, something's wrong on the job. When a woman's angry, something's wrong with her. That's right. This is a serious question, actually. The study indicates that women still face a lot of gender bias in the workplace. Did your findings make you angry? Um, well, I guess as a scientist, I should say no. <laughs> but as a woman newly embarking on a, a career, um, I suppose these findings did at least de- depress me. So maybe uh-huh. they made me sad instead of angry. Um, but, you know, even with that said, and at the same time, I'm still hopeful that as women continue to move into these positions of power, a lot of the stereotypes and biases are, are going to be broken down because um, we'll have a better template and the just won't be as relevant. But creating that template seems to be such a struggle for, yeah. the, for the first women and kind of over the wall. Right, and there'll have to be a critical mass, I think, for that to happen. 
Thank you. We've been talking about women, anger, and gain ahead with Dr. Victoria Breskel, a postdoctoral research associate in psychology at Yale University.